The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 170 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I am joined, at least this week, by my co-host, James Cush. James, you're still here. I'm still here. You got me. We got, <laughs> we got to get these in quick, though. I know. You never know. I know. Maybe we should it's record a, a couple this week. It's a ticking time bomb. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can we can do the next at least three episodes. You know, Harvick won here, right. Hamlin won there. Uh, well, Hamlin and, and or we'll Truex, be... though. I mean, you can't go one. Well, or... Truex. Well, if he does what he keeps doing, what he did on on uh, Sunday, I don't <laughs> think we have to worry about it. But yeah, he's done that before at uh, Richmond too. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Darlington. It was the Cookout Southern Five Hundred at Darlington uh, Raceway Speedway. I don't know what. I think it's Raceway, right? Raceway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who yeah, cares? Nobody. Only I'm the only one who cares. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Kevin Harvick gets the win, eighth win of 2020, 57th win of his career, locks himself into the next round of the playoffs. Although, I mean, he's basically locked in through the end anyway. I mean, yeah. the guy's got yeah. so many points built up that he's he could give them away and still make it. Yeah, he could sit out a, a week or two and he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be good though. I mean, yeah. a race a race that he had no business winning and right. it came to him. It's just, it's, I mean, what a year. Yeah. I mean, what better round to be locked in than, you know, you're going into two short track races. Anything can happen there. Um, yep. You know, the intensity at Bristol is going to be crazy with everybody trying to get in. Um, so, I mean, it, more power no pressure. Home. The only, yeah, the only, no pressure. the only better option is to go into Talladega with a win. So sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, so uh, so old Harvick. I mean, I don't not really a surprise here. I, I kind of predicted it last week when I made him my pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, <I> James. <laughs> no, it's all right, man. It's 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 the thing. Like you know, we do these race picks, but what are you supposed to do? You got the first pick. You you know, you're either taking Harvick or Hamlin for the you know majority of the season. It's it's just one of those years where he's just. I mean, well, you remember when remember when Kevin Harvick and Ronnie Childers they were super fast everywhere they went and they kept stepping on their toes yep. and couldn't quite finish off races. I mean, they were winning, they won a championship and they, you know, they got quite a bit of wins. Um, but holy cow. I mean, this year they've just got it completely figured out. Well, They're not letting anything slip. If this wasn't the definition of a Kevin Harvick race here too. I mean, Harvick in races that he hasn't won, he's been just good enough to be right there. I mean, he's been yep. super consistent. He's been in, you know, top fives, top tens, like crazy. And just happened to be running third when the two leaders took themselves out or one of the, the the second place guy took out the leader, I guess, and, and himself and gave Kevin Harvick the win. Um, You know, that's it again, like you said, it wasn't his race to win. Um, He didn't have any business winning the race. He was going to come out with a really good points day and it just fell in his lap. And that's what happens when you're consistent. You'll get wins this way. You stay in the right position and you know you you're there when it when it makes a difference you know we've seen him dominate we've seen hamlin dominate um heck we've seen chase elliott dominate from time to time on some of the races that he's won but you know like you say sometimes these races that's why you race you know you you get a you get a break and you know there's win number eight for for kevin harvick on the season so right um just incredible i mean what a run these guys are on so Chase Elliott leads 114 laps. Martin Truex Jr., obviously the best guy on the day, leads 196 laps. Chase Elliott's leading the race, and Martin Truex Jr. must have watched uh, Denny Hamlin's move the night before or the day before on Ross Chastain in the Xfinity race and decides, eh, let's take both of us out. <laughs> yeah. Try, it, tries a move know, with 14 laps to go, completely yep, misjudges yep. it, takes both uh, him and Elliott into the wall, and they fall back. Martin Truex Jr., ends up finishing 22nd chase Elliott finishes 20th um, turns from, you know, a, a guaranteed second place finish pretty much to uh, at least a second place finish, arguably a first place finish because Truex was faster. There was no he doubt not, he was yeah. going to pass Elliott. There were 14 laps to go or whatever when it happened and yeah. uh, takes himself out. So, I mean, is, is a win this important that he has to make this risk, take this risk? Is this just a boneheaded move? What, what, what do you get? What do you call it? Well, these wins are super important. Um, you know, obviously you win, you move on and you're, you're locked in, you're, you're good. 
Um, but that second place, I, you know, I don't want to say that Martin Truex Jr. was going to settle for second place because I don't think that was the move for him there. I think he had time. I mean, we yeah. were we were messaging back and forth a little bit on this, um, but he had time. He had plenty of time. He had, like you said, 14 laps, faster car. He could have picked off Chase Elliott at a better spot on the track. I don't know why he felt like he had to bonsai it with 14 to go. The I, only you thing know, I'll I just... say is that we've seen we've seen cars that we, the tires go, come apart here. We've seen cars change significantly over a short period of the run. Um, Truex obviously had some some worries about tires earlier in the race, um, and, and so I mean I doubt that he was going to have an issue at this point. But I mean maybe. Get out front and set the pace a little bit and yeah. run your race. But you know, I, you know, I, I think know I think that's the thing is he's worried that Chase is going to do that, and if he doesn't take the chance while well, he's got it, I mean, I think I think that's just the mindset we've got now, James, is that when you've got a shot, there these days of you know riding it out are just over with. You can't afford to sit back and wait for it to come to you. You've got to take it when there's an opportunity. Well, and, and I, you know. Go ahead. I'll let you finish your point. Well, I'm gonna, Go I was going to point out, I was going to give a real unpopular opinion here. And I, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I haven't watched the replay since Sunday. Um, I was going to watch it before we recorded the podcast, but I didn't get a chance to. But here's the unpopular opinion for me. This was Chase Elliott's fault. Oh. <laughs> let, lift, man. He's coming underneath you. He's going to slide up the track, lift, and cross him over. Back yeah. off. That's an interesting take. I, never, <laughs> I have not heard that take yet. I mean, seriously, they, both drivers could have given some here. You've Somebody's got position on you on the inside. I mean, well, Truex threw it in there. He threw it in there. Yeah, and here's the thing, man. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, how many times have we given drivers, uh, you know, grief about not going for it, right? Right, exactly. Um, you take it easy. You don't go for it. And, you know, in, in this case, Chase Elliott was trying to defend his position a little bit. Uh I'm not going to give him too much grief for, for defending his <laughs> position. Uh, but, you know, you're right. I mean, it's. If this happened at a. Yes, there were 14 laps to go. Right if, if this you know? happens at a different point in the race, if this happens earlier in the race, it doesn't happen because Chase is right. going to lift more. Truex isn't going to throw it in there as hard. It's a matter of there. I mean, look, there's 14 laps to go, but this is a 500 mile race. We're at the end right. of this thing. Right. I mean, so you, you just don't know when you're going to get that other opportunity. Oh. Exactly. And if you're Chase Elliott, too, you know, Kevin Harvick made some comments about it after the race about how, you know, the playoff, the playoff really lines up well for Chase Elliott to make it to the final four. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of places where he's good at, he can get wins. Um, but this is kind of a bonus. And we'll talk about another guy where this is a this is definitely a bonus finish uh, here in a minute. But, you know, running at a, at a bigger intermediate style track, I know Darlington's its own beast, but not typically where you see, uh, you know, Chase Elliott having some really good runs and, you know, to, to let it get away. I know it stinks, but he, he could have really given himself an easy pass into the next round. So this hurts I, Elliott I, more than Truex because look, Truex is still 16 to the good. He's sixth place yeah. in points. He's clicked off second and third place finishes like nobody this season. He, you know, this is a risk that he could afford to take going into that turn. And I think that's part yeah. of the reason it happened too. He'll be, yeah, and he'll be good at Richmond and chase, you know, chase yeah. will be great at Bristol too. So it's, yep. you know, these guys are going to be fine there. You know, we're, neither of them can afford another bad one in this round. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, I think both of them, if there's two guys that could afford to take a risk, you know, the only ones who could afford a bigger risk than this would be Harvick or Hamlin. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's, I don't, in the, in the end, is it going to hurt them? I don't think so. I think both of them are going to move on to the next round. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to be fine. The I only thing it's going to hurt is it's going to be those playoff points that they now, that now Harvick has extras of that are going to help him in the f further rounds. And it's going to lock him into that final four pretty easily. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, that'll hurt in the long run, but yeah, I don't, I mean, let's put it this way. Um, was it a bonehead move? Yes. Um, should he have done it? No. Um, yeah. Am I glad he did it? Yeah, because it gives us something to talk about, and it makes right. the race more right. exciting. And I would have rather seen Chase Elliott win the race, so that's coming and, and from me. So yeah, and you're totally right about this hurting Chase more than more than Martin because if you look at the total points that were stacked up, Martin got two playoff points, very valuable. Um, but he also finished tenth in the race in total points earned. He finished with 35 points, so it's still a really good day. He won both those stages, so I mean, there's 20 points right there. Um, Chase Elliott, not so lucky. He's uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36
earned. He's 16th in the race in total points, no playoff points earned. So, you know, there's a 10 point gap between him and Martin Truex. So yeah, definitely a bigger hit. Um, cause Martin won those two stages. So maybe that plays into the, into the equation a little bit too, where you're, you know, you've already got 20 points in the good, um, you know, go for it, go try to get the win. Two guys that helped him out this weekend, Ryan Blaney, his team, uh, decides oh, oh, to start dude. off in the, with a deficit. Yeah. Big um, time. some discussion about what happened. Uh, so some weight was left in the car. Team says it was left there by accident, um, from setting the car up in the shop. Based on COVID procedures and stuff like that, I could see it being the case. Um, but there was some talk on uh, Jeff Gluck's podcast uh, this week that this is not something that has been uncommon this year, that there's been some issues with, you know, helmet bags being brought to the car that because of COVID that wouldn't normally be brought to the car that have weight in them that's being left in, you know, things like that. So this is a lot of the stuff you kind of feel like some of it doesn't happen by accident. Um, like these guys are too good to make this silly of a mistake, but now they have all these checklists and things that they're running through and trying yeah. to, you know, I uh, mean, yeah. either way he starts with a deficit, then, uh, manages to, better than that. He manages yeah. in the first stage to basically get rid of that deficit and, and correct things. And then, uh, then has the issue with, uh, in the pits and, um, had to pit coming to the green. And that was the end for Blaney 17 back now. Um, and then Matt Benedetto was just awful all day. Yeah, no, no factor for him. No. He, he's um, he's uh, definitely underwhelming this year, whether it's the team or DiBenedetto. Um, he's had some good runs, but for the most part, not what any of us expected in this car. That being said, we're going to Bristol in two weeks and, you know, could turn it all around. Turn around. Right? Yeah, you could get, get himself in there, um, you know, fairly quickly. But when uh, you I put that much was... pressure on a guy going into a track that is, you got a Ricky Stenhouse situation again. and yeah. You know, there's too many guys counting that Bristol race to get in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of pressure there. And depending on how Chase Elliott does this week, um, you know, there's going to be something for him there. So, yeah, uh, yeah. there's there's going to be a lot of stuff going on when we get to Bristol, I think. Yeah. Lawyer, um, you know, he's on the outside looking in. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> one guy that I think a lot of us had uh, pegged to be out in the first round Manages a second place finish, Austin yeah. Dillon. And man, he was coming. I didn't think he was going to get that close in the last lap, but he yep. almost gave Harvick a run coming out. How great would it have been? How how fun would it have been to see Austin Dillon spin Harvick coming in the line to get the win in the Southern 500? And to get another crown jewel <laughs> right? in, his, in his resume. I, I know he's becoming man. Jamie McMurray. I mean, already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you stole my point. Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking that before the podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna compare Austin Dillon to Jamie McMurray, and I'm gonna catch Eric off guard. No, <laughs> nice work. Um, no, I mean that's literally. I mean, where did he come from? Just an awesome oh, no, run, man. And that I mean, really cool. we we've really cool. seen that team turn around this season, and you could give some of the credit to Tyler Reddick because Reddick's brought a lot to that team. But I think Dillon's been improving too. I think the new yeah. Chevy, the new Chevy nose has helped. You know, there's a lot of factors that have gone into making. Childress back to a competitive team. And I think a lot of it has to do with Hendrick struggling too. You yeah, know, there's, exactly. there's yeah. room in the Chevy camp for another team to do well. And, and Childress is gaining ground and it's well, good to see. A, there was a point in the season we were talking about Austin Dillon, not being the better driver of the yeah. two at, at Hendrick and, or at uh, RCR, excuse me. And, uh, and that's not the case now. He's, no. um, you know, I don't want to say one, one race here is, you know, a be all end all for him, but he, he's definitely, um, no, but he's you know, got that, a legit a win run. this year too. And he's run yep. consistently. Well, he's legit playoff driver. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, now he's a race that you don't think he would run that well at. Mm -hmm. And he's got some points that he, you know, you wouldn't expect him to have. And, and he could get out of this next round here. Yeah. He's going uh, to a couple tracks yeah. that he's not bad at. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the speed doesn't make as much of a difference yeah. and he can, he can make it up. So it's going to be, uh, it, it, he's setting himself up. Well, I mean, at least to get out of this first round, I think it's, it's looking pretty good for him. Yep. All right. Anything else with this particular race? Um, Bubba Wallace has issues with the transmission finishes 38th, really bad day for him. Yeah. Um, John thought, Hunter Nemechek uh, wrecked 36th for yeah. him. Yeah. That was, a. he hit the wall pretty good. Yeah. Um, sparks flying and everything he was heading into the wall wasn't wasn't looking great for him. Um, I thought Denny Hamlin's team that was 
just a weird yeah. way to start the playoffs for them. Well, Denny, um, I mean, miss, so let's, I was listening to, I think it was again, uh, Jeff Gluck's podcast this week. There was a lot of crap that was given to um, Quinn Hoff uh, earlier this season. There was a lot of crap given to Ryan Priest earlier this season for pitting when they shouldn't be coming to pit road, like pitting from the middle of the track. And uh, I mean, Denny's attempted at a pit stop was pretty darn rough for a guy who's a championship contender this year, right? Yeah, wasn't great. <laughs> wasn't great. And and just this is the kind of stuff that always worries me with Hamlin. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets into the playoffs now. He's had a great year, and this is just a weird race. And it, I don't know, just weird me- mental mistakes. Wasn't quite there. Um, get him out of the way I, in the first round. Get him. Get rid of him before Phoenix. Yeah, yeah get rid of the bugaboos right now. That's that's <laughs> right. Yep. 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 Um, let's see. Anybody else really surprised? Eric Jones gets a fourth place finish. I know that because that earned me an extra point in our fan, in our uh, picks this week. I lost you a point. Uh No. What's that? It lost you a point. Oh, I did. I had Eric, that's right. I you had, had Eric Jones. Jones. Never mind. You had <laughs> Eric Jones. I have those numbers wrong. Then let me fix this. Oh, see, look at that. <laughs> I was trying to take a point from you. Oh, uh, you get in charge of the, you get in charge of the <laughs> list for one day. That's, no, that's, I'm just. That's why you should do notes. Um, yeah. So Eric Jones. Oh, great. The dog's gonna bark now. Uh, William Byron. Oh, no, top. Thanks, uh, yeah. William Byron with a fifth place finish. Um, yeah, the Hendrick, uh, the Hendrick contingent, I would say, ran really well. Bowman was good, um, and you said, like you said, Chase and and yeah, you, you know, the the whole crew. I mean, yeah, it's a good show, good showing. Even uh, you know, Jimmy didn't have the finish um, for the Hendrick guys that he probably could have, but he earned you know thirty four points on the day. He was running really well, had some good stage stage finishes and good run, had a good run going. So. I think he was second in stage one, wasn't he? Jimmy Johnson, he was up there. He was good. I mean, he was good earlier this season at Darlington, so not really a big surprise there. Um, Brad Keselowski, how about saving his day? Yeah, that was big. <laughs> I actually benched him on my fantasy team because I had him in the starting lineup. And uh, when I seen that damage on his car, I was like, I'm going to just make a – I'm just going to move him right out of here. And, uh, wow, he came right back. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I thought he was done. Finishes 11th place. Yep, good save. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Cole Custer finishes 12th. Not terrible for his first uh, first official playoff race in the Cup Series. Um, still outside looking in as far as the standings, but uh, he's um, only three points back. So still some room. Yeah, to... it's, tight. it's tight back there. Ryan Blaney. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about him, but yeah, he's looking up at everybody, which is <laughs> is weird. That's yeah. not the way you want to start it. Let's talk about that. Uh, four guys out looking outside looking in right now. Clint Boyer. He's actually tied for 12th with Eric Almarola, but. Uh, due to the tiebreaker, is uh, out currently. Uh, Cole Custer, uh, three points back. Uh, Matt Benedetto, Ryan Blaney, both 17 points back. Um, 17 points back in the first race of the round is a pretty big hole to start digging out of right off the bat. Yeah, that's not where you want to be. It's not where you want to be at all. Um, both you know, those you... guys have Bristol that they'll be counting on for a win. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's, it's not looking good. I, you know, I, I felt like Ryan Blaney was going to be in much better position, even with the penalty. I thought, ah, he'll be fine. And then he goes out there and runs 24th and yeah. it's just not, it's just, that's uh that's a tough start to the playoffs. And we see it, you know, this is, he, he could be that guy. It's like, wow, he's out already. Yep. You know, that, that would stink. And usually these guys that are at the back after the first round don't recover. But we'll see. I mean, that's the system allows you to allows you every chance to to dig out. I mean, all all it takes is a win, and uh, you get to start fresh for the next round. So, exactly, we shall see what happens there. Um, Kevin Harvick obviously advances the next round. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman are your top five in the point standings right now. So, all pretty pretty fair i mean fairly close like even logano he's 27 points to the good um i mean denny hamlin's 54 points to the good so right. that just shows you the gap uh between second and third there i mean that's you know, almost double uh so yeah, you you get i mean harvick got 49 points for his win and he won the first right won the first stage Nope, Harvick or Truex won the stages. Oh, stage one position. Sorry, not points. Yep. Stage one position. So he was tenth and third in the in the. So I mean, you can get a little over fifty-five. I don't know what the actual number is, the highest you can get in a race, but uh, but Hamlin's basically a race ahead right now. Yep. Yeah, he's he's good. 
He, he doesn't have to worry. Just go out there and have a good race at Richmond, and you'll be fine. Joey's another one that had, you know, got some damage early. Um, kind of looked like his day was going to get thrown away. Still managed a third-place finish, so good on him. He's 27 points to the good there. Um, yeah. 22 car, so. Um, overall, I, I mean, I think, uh, I think we got spoiled with Darlington earlier this season by running a 300 mile race, uh, 500, <laughs> 500 miles felt pretty darn long there. I don't know about you, James. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> definitely, I, I wouldn't say it was a snoozer. Oh, uh, I, I was fighting. No, <laughs> uh, but there was, you know, when, when Truex and Elliot got together, I definitely perked back up. That's for sure. I didn't, uh, you know, I was, uh. It wasn't sleepy, but it, you know, it, yeah. it was it was a long one. It felt like that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was I was waiting for something to happen, hoping something would happen. I I will admit I was delayed. I think so. De- generally, when I'm delayed on NBC, I hate, and I don't know why I hate, but I hate through the field with a passion. So I skipped all the through the fields, and <laughs> so that good. that allows me to catch up a little bit. So yeah, and um, I thought um, I don't know about you too, but I thought. You know, I know the tires and stuff were wearing at the during the race, but I mean, the corner speeds were ridiculous. Those guys were hugging, you know, they were, you know, on the apron and, and Darlington's not a wide track. So the apron right. still seems like it's pretty high. But I mean, they were I mean, they were moving across the outside of the track. So I'm glad you brought that up, James, because I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, so you've, I think, come to the conclusion before I did on this aero package. I have come around and I am, I'm over it. I'm over the 550 package. I'm over the high downforce. Um, we've seen some improvements with it at some tracks, but I think the, the overall has been a negative and this track is a perfect example of it because they could run the apron all the way around the turns because of the downforce they had. And that is just ridiculous. Yeah, they were, they were <laughs> hugging it pretty hard. Um, it, like we haven't seen at Darlington before. Right. I mean, usually you see guys, you know, guys will venture down there, but you can't hold it uh, for for too long. Your tires wear out, and you're you know, with with the higher horsepower packages that we've had in the past. It's, See, I noticed know, it earlier in the season that they were doing it, and I'm like, what in the world? How are they doing that now? And they never did that before. And then I think Todd mentioned the downforce this weekend, and it's like, that's why they've got so much more downforce now. There's so much more grip yeah. in the cars that they can just hug that bottom and and stick, and it's just give it more gas to the corners without worrying about the car slipping. I mean, they can really, you know, like it just corner, you know, we talk a lot about corner speed and that's, that's what we're seeing at that instance right there too. If we're going to get a green, white checker, every race on an intermediate track, then let's keep this arrow package. But otherwise let's well, there's scrap a, it. Well, there's, a thing, like, there's a reason we're running 750 horsepower at the championship race. <laughs> right. Know, we're not taking this package to the best, to the biggest <laughs> show of the year. Exactly. So, exactly. You think of, Biggest races in the NASCAR season, and, and this package isn't there. You right, know, Bristol, your, your Bristol's, your Talladega's, and your championship races. You know, it, it's just not there. So, yep. All right, let's move on from Darlington and head on to the news, James. Uh, not a whole lot this week. We're we're a little little early um, with the holiday week. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon, but we got some huge news today, and I want to give credit where credit is due because on Jayski's site, Jayski credits Bob Pockris. I love Bob, but Bob did not break this news. This was broken by Jordan Bianchi and Jeff Gluck at The Athletic. We're getting a new California. Boy. <laughs> I'm going to steal one of your lines here. NASCAR ain't fooling around. No, they're not, man. Wow. I mean, <laughs> has there ever been a track in the history of NASCAR that's been talked about being reconfigured more than Auto Club? I mean, we've heard... Talladega, but Club. never seriously. <laughs> Remember, we were talking about, I mean, how many times we heard, oh, they're going to turn Auto Club into another super speedway or yep. what what have you. I, I mean, but they're doing it. They're really doing it. They're yeah. Do so, something here. so if you guys missed it, um, there's two links in the show notes. I've got the link to the athletic article, which was the original article. Um, there's a link to the J-Ski, uh information, too. So um, those of you who don't have a, a subscription to the athletic, um, you should, for one. And second of all, um, if you don't, you can still read some stuff about it. But. Um, they announced today, well, it was, it basically came out last night at a city council meeting, um, that they are going to take the auto club speedway, which is currently a two mile D oval, similar to Michigan international speedway. And they're going to turn it into a half mile short track. They're going to take the existing front stretch and put some turns, high bank Bristol like turns 
at sort of the ends or middle parts of the grass and use the existing pit road-ish, the location of the existing pit road, as the backstretch um, for this half-mile short track. And they're going to get rid of the rest of it and uh, probably sell the property because the property values out there are insane. And there was talk about this track shutting down um, because of the property values. And uh, we get a short track. Uh, going to be kind of, I think Jordan Bianchi described it on, uh, they did a special podcast on The Athletic just about this news uh, this week, and he d- described it as Martinsville on steroids. Um, something like yeah, like a giant paperclip. It's got a little bit of a crook in the front stretch. Yep. Um, we're going to try to keep some of that front stretch uh, structure, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it looks like it could be pretty B.A. <laughs> it's, mean, it's, it's pretty neat. The uh, the existing pit road suites um, will be the backstretch now. So talk about some prime real estate there. The, the suites on the backstretch, you'll have uh, covered access to the roof of those suites when you have uh, suite at Auto Club right on the backstretch of the track, right up against the wall. That'll be awesome. Um, not much room in the infield, uh, significantly less than Martinsville even. So they are going to have a big tunnel underneath turns three and four, or just turn two. I don't know what you want to call it because these turns are so tight. It looks like turn one and turn two, and that's it. Um, And the tunnel will go out to the garage area, which will be outside of the track. Um, The only thing I could think of when I saw that is can, how much do you want to be one of the pit crew members that now has to push a car up and down a tunnel for the lineups at the beginning of the race? (laughs) Great. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, it's a pretty neat deal. And, and this is, this is a, a pretty much a done deal. This is the plan. This is what's in place. Um, still needs some approvals and stuff, but it's looking like it's going to happen. I like it. Um, you know, I, I, I did question initially, not that I don't love the news, but I'm like, man, you're taking the one intermediate <laughs> track that's actually producing good racing and you're going to get rid of it. But regardless, I like, I like this a yeah. lot. I mean, this, um, NASCAR's taking the short tracks thing more seriously and giving the people what they want. You want better racing? You want short tracks? Here you go. Well, this We're is a win-win win situation because, like I said, there this is an area that is in high demand um, for property. So it's likely that usually when there's a racetrack that's not filling the stands and there's a high property value in that area, the racetrack doesn't stay there. <laughs> so yeah. yep. this is not a way to do it. This yeah. is an area that you want a racetrack to be. It's it's close to L.A., um, generally sure, speaking. Try to get a second date again now. Yeah. Get that second date back. Yeah. I mean, so you, we want more short tracks. We're going to get a short track out of the deal. It looks like we're going to get a pretty awesome short track out of it. And then, you know, NASCAR can sell the rest of the property, make a ton of money off of it. These factories and stuff in the area can make money off of, you know, can move into that area and everybody wins on this deal. Um, So we're looking at construction beginning next year. And then uh, the athletic says 2023 for a race. Um, The Bob Pocker said 2022. Uh, The plan would be to still race on the big track right up until they switch to this one. So because there's only one race here at California, they could do the majority of the work like they did Atlanta when they reconfigured that. Um, or like they did at Phoenix, they can do the outside work and then save the major part of the project for when they're not racing. Yeah, a um, year to make it happen. I mean, it's yeah. not like, uh, or whenever NASCAR decides to schedule it, because, um, you know, I, you know, the schedule seems to be pretty fluid. So. so the thing that interests me the most about this, James, isn't this. It's the potential for other developments. So we know that NASCAR bought a bunch, I mean, they bought ISC. And so all the tracks owned by ISC are now under NASCAR's control. NASCAR doesn't have to go to a board to suggest changes like this. They can just do it. And so what other things are we going to see? You know, this popped up because, you know, we'd heard some discussions about property values and stuff in in the, the, you know, long-term viability of California, but we didn't race at Chicagoland this year. And there was a story earlier this year that they were trying to sell property there. Um, so is that another, is that a possibility of Chicagoland? Maybe we take that track and shorten it up or make a change there. 
get rid of some of the racing surface and, and build a shorter track. Maybe this is just, I mean, NASCAR has put some money into these places. They put a bunch of money into Daytona. They put a bunch of money into Phoenix. We're seeing these big projects at these tracks to put them, to turn them into these new racing facilities. Chicago lane hasn't been updated in forever. So maybe instead of losing Chicago lane, like, like we thought we might, maybe they do something like this there. Yeah. They, they've talked about the street race, street course racing and things yep. like that too. So, you know, there seems to be a ton of flexibility on NASCAR's end. Um, if if you were like, thinking that anything was off the table, <laughs> yeah, this uh, proves that it's not. <laughs> pretty much do anything. No. Yeah. I, I mean, if this is what's going to happen, I mean, I, I wonder what will happen to Michigan someday. Yeah. You know, if this is what we're doing. So the only thing Michigan has going for it to keep it a two mile track is I don't think the property is in high demand. <laughs> yeah. <it's camping. laughs> right. So. <laughs> Not that close to Detroit, people. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think this is awesome. I don't, I don't see anything. Like you said, the only, the only little bit of a disappointment is that um, California has put on some really good races, but there's not a track on our circuit that hasn't put on some really good races. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have the memories. We'll always have the memories of what Auto Club was, and we'll go, we'll move forward and and make new with what we've got. Well, make a new history. And if we're gonna run 550 horsepower cars you know, lower horsepower race cars. We don't need the big tracks anymore. You know, we don't, we don't need tracks that sit, you know, 200,000 people anymore because we're not drawing 200,000 people to the track anymore. So that makes these short tracks more of an opportunity. And, you know, like we were back in the, in the boom, right. Late night, early 2000s. We don't need that. We don't need the, the bents front straightaways to get it, you know, an extra, about hundred thousand people. <laughs> well, shoot, we back did. back in the mid two thousands, they could have built a flat track that you know had a you know the, it could have been the most boring design, no banking in the turns, anything, and yeah. no visibility, and they still would have sold the place out. Now you got to have a good track to do that. So, <sighs> all right, That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty I, cool, I I think so. I don't I I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's pretty neat. The the rendering is on the athletic article if you want to check it out. I think Pockers has it in his tweet as well. Um, it's a pretty cool layout from the looks of things, and uh, I'm excited about it. You know, I mean, it's uh it's a win win. Everybody wins yep. on this deal. Heck yeah, they do. So I love it. I uh, I might be in line <laughs> to head out to California. And, Why uh, not, right? And check this out. Hey, my brother out. lives out there now, so there you go. Yeah, there. You, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to make a trip. Maybe this will be the first race I fly to to go cover. I don't know. First post-COVID race, and uh, yeah, <laughs> my my brother not too far from LA, so I'll just have to give him a shout. Hey, man, you got a couple of bums coming to to uh, hitch a ride or hitch a hitch a place to stay for a little while. There you go. <laughs> I'll uh, make it I'll make a call right now. I'll get the, I'll get the reservation. Sounds good. All right. Uh, not really much else in the news. Uh, like I said, it's pretty early in the week still, uh, news-wise. Um, first week of the playoffs, don't really expect a whole ton of stuff to break. Um, yeah. Expect maybe more announcements, that sort of thing, to start as you know we hit the end of elimination rounds. Um, but uh, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch will be without their crew chiefs this weekend uh, due to some suspensions uh, following the race at Darlington. Um, both lug nut penalties, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Good Two job, boys. Each. I don't know. The, the, I get that we need to do something. I He's lug nut penalties. I yeah, don't know. I know. I Next know. year, we won't, or two years ago from now, we won't have to worry about them because we'll have one lug nut, and if it's loose, the car will crash. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate lug nut penalties. I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Harvick because I'm pretty sure when they looked at his lug nuts when he came in, there was one missing on the, the left rear. So. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that, though, either. No, I me neither. Know. But they... Yeah. The, the, the uh, official cer- cer- certainly pointed and held up one finger. So I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe he was saying it was okay, but I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of that, uh, the Harvick real quick, that the guy who does the camera for the burnouts now, mm-hmm. um, bra- brave, yeah. dumb. I, I'm so let's put it this way. Really I am quick, I just wanted to touch on that. I forgot about it earlier and I wanted to mention that. I am legit scared every time he starts moving into the smoke. Yeah, and, I know. And I know how those cameras work. He's closer than it looks like he is. What I say is he, is he brave or dumb? Because <sighs> I can't figure it out. I don't know. I sure. So I get nervous every time these guys do burnouts. I mean, you're talking a car that's 800 horsepower or, you know, 550 at least that, 
you know, even when they're cruising down the front stretch coming to get the flag are going 60, 70 miles an hour and they're not belted into the car. I know there's yeah. no helmet on nothing. If they hit something, they're going flying. When Larson used to do a spin through the grass with no steering wheel on, that scared me. <laughs> yeah, that I forgot about that. That was insane. <laughs> I mean, I, they're, they're, they're wrapped into the seats and stuff. So I'm assuming that, you know, they wouldn't jump out of the seat like you do in your passenger car, but still. Yeah, I, I know. know. That's all that yep. stuff. That's th- those are those things that we just all take for granted. Like it's no big deal until something happens. And then everybody goes, Ooh, what? can't believe we used to do that. Can't believe we used to have the flag man and flag stain without a helmet on, you know, that sort of thing. Or, safer, yeah, or there was a safer barrier or there wasn't a safer barrier in that <laughs> right. spot. I know every yeah. time I watch a replay of somebody hitting a wall without a safer barrier, it just cringe. I stumbled across. I know we're in, we're in tangent world. Here we go. Hey, there's no news. Um, Might as well talk about something. Yeah, no, quick. Uh, <laughs> I was watching. I saw a highlight of Dale Earnhardt's '96 crash at Talladega, mm-hmm. and man, I mean, just I. I mean, how many how many times I've seen that accident, and I'm just like, wow, that was wicked. Without the safer bear, I mean, with or without a safer barrier, that's a wicked hit. Well, he had holy. two like that coming out of the trial. Well, he had that was that was the one on his own, right? That was the one where Ernie hit Sterling and Sterling got into Dale and that was yeah. a big mess. Well, then he yeah. had the one with Bill Elliott too, where they did the exact same thing. Yeah. And he broke his collarbone. Yeah. In the, in the one I, I was just like, holy. So it's like watching the NFL in the nineties when the, before they, before we knew what concussions really were. Right. It's like jarring. <laughs> I'm like, well, God, we used to race like that. <laughs> so, or hockey, anyway, that's my take. hockey back in the day when all checks were checks to the head. Hockey, remember? Well, this is before our time, but hockey. I think about hockey and no helmets. <laughs> hell, I know you guys are crazy. goalies wearing no helmets. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, only other news thing. Uh, we talked last week about Jermaine Racing on the 13 car with Geico not uh, potentially not coming back. Um, we got word this week that that is official. Geico will not return to Jermaine Racing next season. Um, they also will not be sponsoring any cup team next year. They will continue with their sponsorship of the series. So my question is, is this another example of NASCAR sort is this a, is this worse because NASCAR doesn't have one primary sponsor? They've now got four that this takes four sponsors away from teams potentially, or is this just a COVID thing that it just happened this way and it's just luck of the draw? NASCAR work something out here. That's my biggest problem with this. Is I mean, I think that's part of what the deal was that they were doing. So yeah, I just, it sucks because yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Geico's been with that team forever. Yeah. They and have. they're going to keep spending money in NASCAR, but I guess, you know, what's more valuable. You want to be a premier sponsor of NASCAR. You've got your signage all over the, every restart. So you, it's not like you need Kyle Bush out there hawking your, your insurance, you know? Right. Up front, because you are up front. Every time there's a restart, you're there. Um, yeah, and I guarantee you they're spending a heck of a lot more money for that signage on the front stretch than they are on Ty Dillon's race like, car. It's not like Jermaine Racing was going anywhere with the money that Geico was spending. So I, I guess there's you know there's that too. But still, it's yeah. pretty it sucks. awful. It sucks every time you lose a sponsor. Well, the fact that the sport swallowed the sponsor on you. I mean that you know it's not like Junior Johnson took Winston. You know when Junior Johnson took Winston back. Right. you know, to the series, um, to sponsor the series. It's not that kind of situation. So, um, I hate it. I hate it for Jermaine racing. And I know there's some rumors out there. We don't have to get into it about, you know, the driver as well. Um, maybe not continuing. So who, you know, who knows what else is going on with that team, but it, it sucks that we're going to lose another one of our, you know, I won't say they're a top tier team in the sport by any means they're a mid tier team, but still we need, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to keep filling the field with more Rick Ware racing. Right. That's the thing is we need, I mean, that's, we need these mid tier teams. We need these guys that are con- going to contend once in a while, but they're yeah. going to fill the, you know, the, the 15th to 25th or, or 30th positions, you know, with, with potential talent too. I mean, yeah. Ty Dillon's still a potentially really good, you know, he's still young. Well, if nothing else, you need these rides for people to go to, to work their way up. Although that isn't the system anymore. But, right. you know, I mean, that used to be the system. You'd go run one of these teams for a couple of years and prove that you could do it and then move up. But, I mean, now you go and you run for, you're running for JGR and the, you know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, the local right. local gas station auto series at the, you know, whatever. You know, it's like, 
<laughs> You're, yeah, I know. There's I know. JGR signing kids at eight years old. <laughs> yep. 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 So we go to development racing and then whatever, you know, it's, yeah. man, yeah. Shoot, we got to be only a couple years away from Brexton Bush running in, uh, in an uh, Xfinity car or something, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the deals all set. He's ready. Yeah. He's got a sponsor, yeah, okay. man. Yeah, they'll take care of it. It's yeah. all good. Yep. Dad and Grandpa, if you're watching the series. Grandpa, yeah. <laughs> Poor Grandpa, man. <laughs> Kyle doesn't doesn't take any crap from him, does he? I mean, he... No, he, he does not. He I've does. seen enough of it. <laughs> he's, you think, if you think he's that way just because he's, you know, dealing with media, no. No. no he, he treats the family that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, Kyle knows everything and everybody else is an idiot. That's Kyle's attitude. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Hey man, it got him two cups. So. Yeah. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Whatever you do. I mean, you know, he, he's one to mention too. This weekend, he 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 ran decent at Darlington. Um, you know, he, he's still a guy. I there's been a lot of comparisons thrown around this season to Tony Stewart. Back when Tony Stewart, yeah, my corner. I think I had that corner. Yeah. Everybody else is. They, but it's a good. It's a good point. Yeah. You just gotta be hot. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. Anything else, James? Any news I missed? I think we're good, bud. That was a. Uh, I know we're we're getting this podcast in the can early this week, but yeah. you know, news always breaks after we record anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Uh, we move into Richmond Raceway this weekend. It is the Federated Auto Parts 400. We get an Xfinity Series doubleheader this weekend, and we get the Truck Series back at Richmond as well. Um, James, last week we split on the. Uh, well, I got an extra point because of Harvick. Oh, so I didn't give myself the extra point. So, okay, we're good now. Jeez, I'm terrible at this. All right. 35 to 29 is now what I lead by. I was creeping back, but you got that Kevin Harvick <laughs> above me. So you got the W. Yep. Nice work. Uh, 27 races, 35 to 29. I picked Kevin Harvick for the win. James went with, went with Danny Hamlin. I was pretty nervous about my Kevin Harvick pick because he was kind of nowhere to be found until, as we already talked about, managed to get it in, get it in the end. Um, James went with Eric Jones who finished up front. Tyler Reddick was way back. So, um, there you go. And, uh, so James gets the first pick at Richmond this weekend. Who are you going with James? God, I don't know if, uh, I feel like I need to go off the grid just a little bit. Oh yeah. Go off Um, the grid. Give give it to me. Just give it to me. What am I I supposed to do? (laughs) I Harvick and Hamlin every week. You know, that's like, I don't know. Um, well, I, I'm not technically going off the grid that far. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. here. Um, he seems to be becoming more of a short track specialist. So uh, so give me Martin Truex. Uh, he won the last two races at Richmond. So uh, I like my odds there. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I feel a little nervous not picking one of the one of the dynamic duo. But, but I'll, I'll take Martin Truex Jr. Well, and I am going to then, since you... Since I've got, I've still got some room to play a little yeah, bit here. So I'm not going to go too far off the grid either, but I am going to go off the grid. It actually, it's pretty far this season, but finishes at Richmond. And it's not that far off the grid. And I'm going to say Kyle Busch gets himself into victory lane, locks himself into the next round of the playoffs and starts his championship run for 2020 yes. with a win this weekend. But over 300 laps in the last two races at Richmond. So, I mean, he didn't get the wins that Martin did, but. You know, he's led more laps, so take that for what it's worth. There you go. Um, non-playoff driver. Yeah, this is interesting. I, li- I like the non-playoff driver aspect of this because it, you know, like last week we left Jimmy Johnson off the board, which was not it, you know, didn't really work out. I had I had the highest pick, but uh, but still makes it makes it interesting. I am going to go way off the grid with this one again. Not so much after this weekend, but I'm going to go Austin Dillon. As my oh, pick. Playoff driver, though. Oh, he is. Not, that's right. He is a playoff driver. That's right. Never mind. I won't take Austin Dillon. Uh, skip Austin under- Dillon. Let's go. Let's go right behind him in the average finish and go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That's a good pick. All right. I like that. Um, Should I tell so, you who I was going to go with? Well, I think I might take him. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, there's two guys who I think are going to be decent, but I, I'm going to take the other one, I think. Uh, I'm going to take Jimmy Johnson. Okay. I think he'll have a solid run one. there. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if he's not going to win, but you know, I think he'll be solid. I'm, I was also looking at Ryan Newman, though. Yeah, but Newman, I, 
New one's a good pick here. I was thinking Eric Jones. I don't really know why. He's going to be high. He's going to be, you know, this non-playoff pick. I feel like he's going to be one of our favorites. We're going to pick him quite a bit. Um, Jimmy Johnson is a good pick. That's a good one to go up against Ricky Stenhouse Jr. too. Yeah. And that'll make that that non-playoff driver interesting this week. Top 10 there. I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Man, Jimmy's got to get a win. He's got to get a win this season. I just don't think it's going to happen for him, man. I I don't think it is either because it just, again, it's their percentage thing. When Denny Hamlin and and Kevin Harvick are winning the races that they're winning, it's like when Jimmy was winning championships. There's just not room for somebody else to win. What I want to see it happen is can we get a throwback Johnson performance at Martinsville? Yeah. Just just see him get one more grandfather clock. He's got like eight or nine of them anyway. Let's get one more. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Place for him. I feel like you know he's been, he's been so great there over the years. That would be a great place for him to get one. Um, but you know we'll we'll see. We'll keep looking ahead. And who knows, man? You know sometimes the racing gods shine down on you. They gave Matt Kenseth one more. You know I know he's been hanging around. But they gave him one more at, at Phoenix. They gave Stewart one. They gave you know heck you know Dale Jr. didn't get one, but um, you know Jeff Gordon did. You know it comes and goes. But sometimes yeah. you deserve Jimmy. You know, I, I hate using the word deserves with anything like this, but that guy deserves to get at least one more. Yeah, I think so. I, I I mean, so here's a question for you. And this just made me think of it, James. Um, Jimmy Johnson, obviously be a huge fan favorite to get a win right now. When Jimmy was winning races and winning championships, nobody could stand seeing him win. Um, Kevin, Kevin Harvick right now. Is Kevin an anomaly? Is Kevin a guy that's out there winning a ton of races, but doing it at the point in his career that the fans like it? Yeah, he's at that age. Um, you know, Kyle Busch hasn't quite jumped that shark yet, uh, but Kevin's at, Kevin's one of the old guard, and when you become the old guard, you can't do any wrong. Right. You know, um, Kyle Busch will get there. You know, people still don't want to see Kyle win, but, you know, this season, watching Kyle struggle like he has, I bet you we're going to start seeing some of this trickle yeah. in. He's going to mass again at some point, and it's going to really tick people off. But when he does get that first win after this long stretch, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit. I think he's still too young. People still like seeing Denny Hamlin win too now because he's he's still he's technically the old guard now well, too. And man. that's the thing; it's so interesting right now because so often. You've got guys that everybody wants to see win, but the guys that end up winning the championship or dominating the season are guys that people are just sick of seeing win. But I just, I don't see that with Harvick right now. And I'm with you with Denny. I think both of them are semi fan favorites right now. And it's a really different thing that we're dealing with in NASCAR right now that we don't normally see. I'm not bothered by either Harvick or Hamlin winning a bunch of races. It's really weird. I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't really even thought about that that much, but yeah, it's, I guess maybe because it's not Kyle Busch is part of it too. <laughs> maybe. Like, watching Kyle Busch win 10 races a season is really like, he kicks everybody's butt. But the, then again, you've got two guys locking horns here too, which I think yeah. adds to it a little bit. So Yeah, it definitely helps that they're going back and forth. Yeah, Kevin Harvard's going to get over 60 career wins. Probably by the end of the year, if he keeps it up. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. All right, James, let's talk about the Fantasy League. Um, I was going to say there's really no reason to talk about the Fantasy League this week, uh, but I did manage a third-place finish, so I guess we can talk about it. Somebody somebody well-known to the show, though, got the win this week at Dynamite. Yes, I finally got off the schneid and got a W. Uh, <laughs> Is that your first one this season? I, no, I feel like I've got – I got no, – no, because remember I was I was boasting? Yeah, that's I was, right. I was, I was leading the points during the entire pandemic, and yeah. then it all went to, went to crap. That's right. So, um, no, I don't think this, this is my first one in a while, though. Um, but Freight Train was right behind me, so I didn't make up much ground. And then the KB show, third. And then it's really close, but it's this is kind of funny. Uh, you got 188. Justin713 got 187. <laughs> Ranger got 186. And Jay Wynn got 185. So <laughs> you beat them all by a handful of points. Baron must have forgotten to pick this week, which is awesome because... <laughs> He was closing ground on you, man. He was. Hopefully he listens to this podcast. Baron, we need you back. <laughs> no, take another uh, week off, and then you can come back, man. <laughs> uh, and we, then we got a new ca- – so we did get a new category to the league, playoff standings, and I lead that, obviously. So there nice. you go. Um, only reason I was going to even mention that is because <laughs> I was – uh, and then overall, I did move into third. So my my 
chasing down of the podium is finally finally got i finally got there but yeah you can't sit here and talk about how terrible you are at this anymore no i'm i'm well (laughs) i'm behind hamlin and harvick though uh freight train and ranger they're having their own battle but freight train definitely made some more ground up the last couple of weeks so he's in the lead ranger second i'm third and then justin 713 denny the many and eric you are sixth um like you said baron we need you baron come on back man don't forget to pick this week. I kind of feel like if you work in the tower at a NASCAR race, you probably deserve to win. May, <laughs> so, may, maybe, but then you know. can't use your bench. Either. That's, that is true. That is true. And I will say that well, I frequently cannot use my bench because I watch delayed a lot. And uh, I've actually intentionally tried more often this year to watch races live. So I could use my bench and I don't, I think it's only benefited me like once. Usually I screw up with the bench. So. Yeah. I, I at least try to check in if I, if I am away for any reason, I will still check in to, you know, hopefully make a save, but there are yeah. times when uh, it doesn't happen for me. And, I like and, it better when there wasn't a bench. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not, I mean, I it's, it's bench, nice because but... it gives you something to do during the race. Like you don't like you get a wreck right at the beginning. You're not just completely screwed, but I don't know. It's just some another yeah. thing to think about. Shoot. I was at Michigan I was at the track, James, and forgot to. I know that's the problem with fantasy. I know that's why I quit fantasy football. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I'd, know I know I'd quit mean. this, but everybody, we keep getting more people every year and next year I want to put a prize up. So that'll make even more people join. So whatever. Dang, dude. We're going big time. huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, again, it won't, it won't <laughs> I'm going to win that, that prize. It won't be that big. So here's what I was thinking. I was thinking. Maybe like a, maybe like a race win diecast of the champion winner at Phoenix. Wow. Like a, I want that. I got to double check the price on that and make sure that it's something that the, uh, the show could contribute, but I know that they do those and I'd want one. So maybe that'd be kind of a cool gift. Or that a would cool be price. Really cool. Not this year, guys. Don't get excited. Next year. We're talking <laughs> <laughs> this year. Uh, it's not in the budget. <laughs> I can't wait for Todd to message us after this one. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> say what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, all right, James, I know you got a shout out this week. I'm, I'm pretty excited about your shout out. You're stealing mine. Really? I mean, not this week, but the one I use every Typically, other week. Yeah. The Dale jr. Download. Um, but, all, but also my shout out specifically, or my, my favorite, my first favorite driver, Ernie Irvin, um, is doing the download this week. So I'll be listening in that. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, I don't think it's out. I think it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I got a follow from Ernie Irvin Racing on Instagram. That's so I was pretty awesome. excited about that. That's uh, looks like it's more of a PR account for him. Like it's his family run deal. And uh, maybe they're trying to make a push to get him in the Hall of Fame. Something something yeah, like that maybe, is going yeah. on there. Yeah, um, so anyway, I got a follow from those guys. They're putting out some good stuff. And um, just wanted to say thanks for doing that. And I can't wait to hear Ernie. I, I Man, Ernie's. I don't know. When I think about Ernie, I think about my childhood and, and that's, I'm looking forward to that very much. I'm pretty excited about this one. Cause there's just, I haven't read Ernie's book. I know you have, um, there's a lot of, like, I know a lot of the history, but there's a lot that I don't know from that period because, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. We weren't, you know, he's following such a bridge, stuff like we do you know, now. yeah, that's, that's the thing is Ernie's a bridge to, you know, what was and what, the sport became yep you know he was he was a guy like right in between that and could have been a part of it had not been for some pretty bad luck but well and he's he's one of those i mean i i put him in that same category of like a davy allison or an alan quickie of like who you know what could have happened and um you know but we have we have uh, we he's still around, you know. We can still talk to him and and, yeah, and get he, his side you know, of the story and stuff. So yeah, and he's been he's been away for a little while. Um, I know he's got some, I know he's got some sort of issues, cognitive issues, a little bit with uh, with some of the head injuries and stuff he's had. Um, but but still, he's I mean he's he's all there for sure. Right. So um, yeah, I can't wait to hear what he. Yeah, I hope he's got some stories, and I'm I, you know I know he's got some good Dale Earnhardt stories, and I I know for sure he's got good Kenny Schrader stories. So <laughs> right. I hope. Some of those. I'm so excited about this. I mean, guys, if if you weren't a Dale Jr. fan when Dale Jr. is racing, you gotta love the stuff that this guy's doing after his career. I mean, he he's, good stuff. he's doing a great job. And then this weekend, um, I'll give a little shout out here, James. Dale Jr. this weekend, I believe it's for the Xfinity race, is going to call the race. 
uh, for NBC. He's he's doing Rick Allen's role this weekend. Nice. I believe for the Xfinity, one of the Xfinity races. I could be wrong. Could be the Cup race. I don't think so though. Uh, but he talked about it a couple weeks ago on his podcast. Um, pretty cool deal. I, it, he got a little bit of a chance to do it this weekend um, at Darlington when uh, when Dale Jarrett and Kyle Petty joined him. Um, he did a nice job, and uh, you know I I love broadcasting Dale. I think. You know, I think Dale is going to bring so much more or continues to bring so much more to the sport as a broadcaster and, you know, from the outside versus being a driver. Right. I think he he holds a much more valuable role doing what he's doing than he did as a driver, as valuable as he was as a driver. I mean, he was don't get me wrong. I, I know we can sit here and agree and disagree he's about Benny how good Par- of a driver he's he was. Parsons, man. He's going to be one of those guys. He provided somebody for the fans to go to when his dad died and, and he, he played a very important role in the the history of NASCAR. Um, yep. but I think his value is to me at least is, is greater right now in what he's doing. Yeah. Like you said, he's, he's Benny Parsons. I mean, yep. He's that's where he's, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be his legacy. It's not going to be what he did on the track. Yep. I mean, he's got the mo he's got some moments on the track, but that's his hall of fame legacy. It's, yep. it's what he's going to be building here the rest of his career. Um, doing what he's doing, yep. you know, he's great at it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, the only other shout out I wanted to give is, uh, I want to shout out one more time to, uh, Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi with the athletic yeah, good stuff this week. breaking that story. Um, cool deal. Uh, if you guys are not subscribers to the athletic, uh, they're not paying me to say this, but I'm a subscriber and you should subscribe as well. Uh, they do great work there alone. Um, and if you like sports in general, there's some great sports content. The athletic does a great job of, they don't cover your traditional gamers, you know, here's what happened at the football game. They go into different features and things that you don't get anywhere else. That's their whole goal. Um, so definitely their app leaves a little bit to be desired, especially if you're a motorsports fan and you're only there for motorsports. It's kind of hard to find their stuff, um, but uh, their website's a lot better. So check that out. Again, great job on them guys for uh, for getting the breaking news this week. We don't see them break a ton of stuff, um, but they got it this week. Uh, lots more stuff coming from them, according to Jordan, too, yet on the whole California deal. So worth subscribing this week. Check that stuff out if you can. So Nice. Uh, with that, James, where can people find you on social media if they want to chat with you during the week? At James Cush on Twitter. You'll be live tweeting uh, the birth, right? When your wife. Uh, no. No? <laughs> no. No. You don't you don't think Aaron would like that? Uh, I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this might be the last time people hear me on this podcast as a dad of one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll be joining you in the in the two kiddo club here within the next few days. So just, we'll see how that goes. Just let Erin know if she goes into labor on a podcast night or something. That we, I we, fin- we finish the podcast. Well, <laughs> I will show up at the hospital with my microphone ready to go. Um, we, we we can record the show anywhere. Are you sure um, so, that's the precedent you want to have set? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I won't be in the room, James. You'll have to come out, but. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, we'll do what we got to do. Podcast comes first. Yeah, yeah exactly. hundred yep. uh, percent. If you guys want to chat with me, you can find me at T super speedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website is the super speedway.com. You can find uh, old episodes of the podcast uh, links to or show notes, links to articles we discussed today and in past podcasts. Uh, old interviews, photos, all kinds of stuff on there. So thesuperspeedway.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you found us today. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen. And if you want to help out the show, um, you can do that at patreon.com slash thesuperspeedway. We got lots of racing again this weekend. Four, four races, James, this weekend at Richmond Raceway. We got two Xfinity races, a Truck Series race. And a Cup Series race. I don't know. Is the is the Arca Series there too? Probably. I I don't know for sure about that actually, but I'm glad the trucks are are hanging around, man. Because yeah. I liked them at Darlington, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I didn't watch the Darlington Truck Race. I I who won it? <laughs> oh um oh my god. Was it Biffle? No, God, no. Was it? No, uh, it wasn't. Tra- it wasn't Trevor Bain either. Oh my god, I can see the truck in my. This is not ben, the right. Was way it Ben Rhodes? Uh, no. <laughs> Well, never mind. Don't Maybe. tell me. I'll watch the race. God, <laughs> I thought I saw a picture of Ben me? Rhodes holding up one finger, but somebody Ben-Rhodes. said something about Biffle, so I thought maybe Biffle won. No, you might be right. It might be Ben Rhodes. I can see the truck. <laughs> I just can't think of the name. So anyway, I don't know. Was it a Jeez, green truck? It was blue. Blue? I don't know. Oh. I guess I don't know what Ben yeah, Rhodes. Oh, that's right. Rhodes. They were doing throwbacks. Right. It was Ben Rhodes. It was Ben Rhodes. Right. Christ almighty. 
Oh, wow. You can tell where my priorities are these days. Jeez. No. Okay. Yes, Ben Rhodes, your your uh, Gander Outdoors RV <laughs> and other stuff truck series winner. Gander RV and Outdoors truck series. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I'll put a dollar in the jar. There you go. Jeez. There you go. All right, Truck Series Racing, two Xfinity races, and a Cup Series race from Richmond Raceway this weekend. We'll be back. Well, I'll be back for sure. James, maybe, next week to uh, break it all down and talk about the next one. We'll be previewing Bristol uh, next week. Until then, everybody, let's go racing.